the time, the training, or the inclination for strategic problems. Let's play second, play second. Knowledge. Oscar Desiderio's coming in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, Oscar? Not much. I'm just hanging. What up with you? Nothing. I like your shirts. Your shirt, mm. your shirt on shirt combo action. I got shirts on shirts, you know. Styling. Oh, Jimmy, I thought that was just Van Gogh. That was that's cool. Who's he talking to? Uh, he's just talking to himself. Uh, who's beside him though? Uh, it's Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell of oh. Jimi Hendrix Experience. Oh hell yeah, man. Yeah, dude, look what I picked up. Someone was throwing this out in the street. Not the bananas. Yeah, you gotta have to explain what thing you're talking about because you just <laughs> there's just so much going on there. And uh, okay, but if you can't see what he's showing me, it's like there's like wires hanging down on top of like a thing that looks like it's held together with like poles and like platforms and wires, and there's like bananas and. <laughs> There's a scale under it. I don't know. Like, did you pick up all of that? That, Does that come in one thing? Or is that separate things? I can't tell exactly. uh, Sean just entered. So I'll wait till he joins. So, um, you know, so he, he, I don't have to explain it twice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the explain. Yeah. That's going to be quite an explanation. Yeah. But he's taking forever to join. I don't know what's happening here. I'll screw him then. Okay. Well, it's a it's a 3D printer. Oh sh- shit! Damn. Someone was throwing out a 3D print printer. Yeah, and they said it works. They said it just needs an update. You know, that's why it looks so complicated. It is a complicated thing. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, it. I, I at first I was like, does it just print like like pickup sticks? Because it looks like it just goes straight up and down. Yeah, but yeah. It, the way it, I guess, uh, moves side to side is like one of these orange, uh, those orange, here, those these orange things goes down and then it can move to the side. See? Oh, yeah. What are you planning on making with that? Uh, pick up Nothing sticks. good. Pick up sticks. <laughs> pick up sticks. <laughs> No, I don't know what I'm going to make. Uh, I I mean, I'm going to try. I think it just uses plastic, so it's not like I can make crazy shit. But I was looking at it. It looks like a lot of the parts that they made it out of were 3D printed, which is cool. Mm. And, and then some of the parts look like they were laser cut. They were There's like some really intricate wood parts that look like they were maybe laser cut out or something. So did those bananas on top? come with the 3d printer or was that is that your addition that's my addition i'm trying uh, to okay. i'm trying to justify putting a 3d printer in my very tiny apartment by using yeah. it as, as a banana table 
Yeah. All right. That's, that's kind of a cool thing to have. I mean, if at the very least it looks fucking cool and like I can put shit on it, you know, like I got to find something that's appropriate for the amount of space if I don't use it as a 3D printer. But because Frankie, I showed it to Frankie and she's like, I'm never coming to your apartment again. It's so fucking chaotic and cluttered. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you don't have to go to the store ever. You just print new things you need. I'll print food. I don't know why Sean's not joining. He's probably texting you. Is Zoom being weird for anyone else? No, it's just tell him it's just him. Just you, dog. Tell him we see him trying to join, but it's, you know, obviously it's not working. Yeah, we see you trying. But you just got to try harder. Yeah, maybe go fucking use your data or switch to a different device or something. Oh, here he is. Here's here is here's Shawnee boy himself. Hello, Sean. Hello, my friend. Can you oh, he's, he's on. But he's a dark square. Yeah, he's a monolith. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he is. He's 2001 Space Odyssey. Man, the chimps are barking at him. Hello, Sean. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, buddy? I'll direct message you. It just says connecting, says Sean. Oh, that's weird. That's very strange. Uh, yeah. Make posts, well, put in waiting room. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know what to do with Sean. We just well, got to ignore him. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. Let's we'll see what happens. It'll uh, be yeah. exciting. Have you ever used a 3D printer or tried to print something or something? I've tried to print something. I've never used a 3D printer before. <laughs> I meant with a 3D printer, not with uh, a brick. <laughs> no, I've I've never uh, I've never used a 3D printer. I I wouldn't know how to to do it. Um, yeah. What program one would use, or or anything? Um, yeah. He's just going to restart his computer. Okay. Mike. Hello, Michael. Can you hear us? Yo, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Cool. I love all the ferns and uh, various overgrowth behind you. Yeah, man. This is uh, this is our little cabin here. It's... uh. Ooh, that's sick. I've been there. Yeah, it's on. I don't want to blow up your spot. I'm not going to say where it is. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's just uh, tucked away in the woods. That's all. Yeah, in, in the Pacific yeah. Northwest, somewhere in Sasquatch country. Nice. Yeah, you wouldn't want to live here. Sasquatch just throws pine cones at the house and fucks with us in the dark. <laughs> that's not good. He draws uh he draws impressionistic paintings um, with his turds. You could probably use a 3D printer to, to print weapons to defend yourself against the Sasquatch. Yeah, but I mean, you'd cry just waiting for them to finish. <laughs> yeah. And it might sound like a Sasquatch mating call, and then you'd attract more of them. <laughs> eh. 
Uh, we're yeah, talking that's, about that's one of the top drawbacks of 3D printing <laughs> and crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, we're talking about 3D printing because I picked this guy up. Oh, look at those bananas! Oh yes, you, nice. That's a Delta style one. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's got any... the three. The three. Yeah, yeah, just like the three rods, and then it, it's got um. It controls each rod independently. Each of those three. Mm -hmm. and that that's what determines your um your xy coordinate is sort of the triangulation of those yeah mm. yeah i have a feeling no one knows what 3d printers are how to work them <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> who actually knows how to use that thing it's a conspiracy i wouldn't say a conspiracy it's just too complicated yeah i mean my mike knows michael knows how to use them oh yeah yeah, you just got to get the right software stack working for you and then have geeks that are willing to spend like countless hours dialing it in in terms of its rigidity because otherwise it, the quality is shit if it's not all rigid as fuck. Sorry, the, uh, I'm uh, speaking very eloquently. My the rigidity? By rigidity, do you, do you mean, do you mean uh, like the physical rigidity of what you're printing or like some other type of rigidity yeah like every little machine nut and bolt to that thing the material properties themselves how much they flex like the rods that it's all connected with um the structure itself has a given amount of flex so it's like if you're trying to create a part accurately but there's jitter from a bolt or flex from the structure itself then your final printing head is a little off in the moment, mm. right? Yeah. And so, like, making that all super tight. Oh, we got a new, a new, uh, a new, a new, a new challenger has entered the <laughs> the stadium. Yes, I am finally here. Sorry about. It. I have no idea why. It's not letting me in on my laptop, but I'm here on my phone. There you go. Welcome, welcome, Sean. We were just talking about rigidity and and how I printed these beautiful bananas. Oh, oh. sick! Those look real. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Um, but but Michael, how, okay, I really I really just brought you here to tell me how to get my three D printer to work. Because <laughs> someone you I found a, you the beautiful thing about USB is it's universal and you just. You know, shove the uh, rectangle end up your ass. Oh uh, yeah, that's <laughs> but the I first step. How, do I you have that done? I can't find the USB input. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I literally can't. I looked pretty hard. Wait, what? Oh wow. <laughs> does the, I, does it just have like a little microcontroller board with pins popped off it? It's got pins. I see where there would be a uh, an adapter to plug into the wall. An AC adapter. I see where that would go. I don't know what the right uh, input ends or fucking milliamps or whatever it is. Voltage. Yeah, yeah. You know the right electricity terms, but I don't. I'm what? just. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say a bunch of them. You know the ohms. I need the right ohms. Mm. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, man. Um, but. But yeah, I literally they were getting rid of like I saw a bunch of like stuff labeled free and there was a cabinet. There was some CDs 
and there was this 3d printer and i'm like ooh, i'm gonna take this 3d printer and then these guys are like do you want that and it's like these two like really competent looking engineer looking guys sitting on the side of the sidewalk just like eating their lunch <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was i was like yeah it looks cool and they're like are you gonna use it and i'm like maybe does it work and then <laughs> and he said it just needs like new software and i talked with him about the usb and then i couldn't find the usb so now it's a banana stand there have been worse banana stands yeah but anyway, Michael, I want to talk to you about you have so many interesting areas of expertise and experience, and I want to get to some of that. Like you recently came off of a sailing voyage. You sailed the Pacific Coast and you started as just a crewman and you wound up being first mate. That's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, that was that was um, that was pretty intense. Like the the way that that worked out is we left Laconer, Washington, which is up north near the San Juans, um, sailed uh, out of like Anacortes, which is this um, little pinch point called Deception Pass, where the um, the tides get the Venturi effect because they're focused in that pinch point. And so basically wait, wait, wait. like any... I feel like you're de you're describing some kind of like J.R.R. Tolkien sailing novel here. <laughs> <laughs> I make no sense to me one way or the other. But how did you get to be first mate? Did the other people wait, die? Wait, wait. He was getting there. He was getting there. He was getting there. But I I want to stop him on a couple things. Okay. okay. What were the name of those islands? The San Juans. Okay, so that's like how did you get there? I mean, usually you drive north of Seattle, up the coast, halfway to Bellingham. You'd turn left towards Anacortes, which is this little um, peninsula that juts out towards the islands. And then they have a ferry station that will take you. You get a ferry ticket and you load up your car, your bikes, whatever shit, and um, well ferry out to some of the harbors out there and end up on the island that you want with your car. The other way is uh, is people sail there. That's yeah. like a famous sailing location if you want to be camping out for a few days as you sail around some islands. I, I just and also want to I just want to set this up too. So you've been sailing okay. with your family since you were a little kid, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, definitely. You guys are real Norwegian Vikings. They try real hard. <laughs> but you're the most peaceful liberal Vikings ever. Well, that's the thing about Norwegians. Like if you study Norwegians or are interested in their culture, what I found is that Norwegians are very like they're socialist in spirit, but they have like the most powerful like um, backing of death at their disposal. Like they're very integral to the military industrial complex. They're integral to logistics and are are vital to sort of the lifeblood of global commerce and economies so i think part of the way that we achieve our calm is by like having intimidation and like <laughs> violence in our background that's fair i got oh. a i got a really nice tiny green plate from norway the other day and i thought of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah 
<laughs> yeah, but I didn't think about the military industrial complex. And I probably should have. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say what you should think of or anything, but I don't know. It's just a funny thing I reflect on when I notice somebody who's calm. I'm, I'm like, oh, they could probably kick my ass or like, you know, countries that seem peaceful. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're. Vladimir Putin is like that. Mm. I felt like that the other day. I was riding in a in the riding up the wrong way, one way street on a, on a city bike, and the, this guy stepped out in between two cars, and I like braked well in time for him to stop. I mean, it, obviously, I was doing the wrong thing, uh, but you know, I wasn't familiar with that street. I wasn't used to biking, and the guy was like, "This is the wrong street." And I'm like, I know, go, huh. keep going. And he's like, don't tell me what to do, jerk yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a second there. You really was, said that's so New York. Yeah, but there was a second before I responded was like, oh, yeah, I, I think I could beat this guy's ass before I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Before yeah. you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, but okay, okay. So, we, Sean Barry, you entered the room again. What are you doing? I'm trying to get back in on my <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just entering multiple times. I'm sorry. This is a name. I'll stop. Just stay where you are. You're fine. You're, we're, you're not even talking, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were talking about some kind of weird uh, vorpal toroidal wave wave syndrome. <laughs> I'm just using big words. <laughs> yeah, it aff- it afflicts the mind of the of the stupid. <laughs> or confused it it sends it sends uh of a, a cacophony of vortexes off the struct off the island structures in this little pinch point and so it's known is deception pass because it will it will fuck you up if you try and go through while the tides are moving um because it spins the water all these ways um and so i think the first step in becoming first mate was like knowing what the tides were doing and i had this website that i like it's deepzoom.com it animates the tides it gives you like these like arrows that show you what they're doing right now and you can play through the day so you know what to expect and so like given the speed of the boat i was able to back time our departure to say okay if we depart at 12:50 we're going to hit deception pass at like 2:30 and that's when it's right in between the tides, you know? And so it's like a slack. It's come in, it's at the slack point where it's all still chilling before it starts to go out. And so if you can hit the pass at that point, then it's breezy, like everything's calm. Um, and so that was that was a good move, I think for sure. It was Did like you... very impressive to the captain and the other oh. first mate, the first mate at the time. And um, how, how like, are this you? Is, this is how it should be. How are you feeling when you were on the ferry, on the way to the boat, and then how are you feeling when you made that uh, recommendation? On the ferry, on the way to like start the journey. Yeah. I didn't really know what to expect because it was a new captain for me. It was a new, um, a new first mate as well and a new boat. Um, I didn't know what kind of condition the boat was going to be in. Turns out that it had been chilling, semi neglected, semi cared for, for about a year and a half. while a rich guy who was remote, uh, was living on the East coast and never even sailed it. Not even once. It's like a half million dollar boat. Um, 
uh, hanging out in harbor this beautiful catamaran it's like 38 feet long and um two hulls for a catamaran um modern composite material so it was all like cast in resin and like fancy plastics uh around a fiberglass hull with like fancy looking trim anyway uh it was this weird blend of like a ritzy boat that was also kind of falling apart mm. um because huh. it had just been like built to look fancy but it hadn't been built like by craftspeople who cared at all um mm. so like the trim inside was coming off and things were breaking throughout the journey not exactly confidence Yikes. inspiring <laughs> i have a question about another question about deceptive point like deception past deception deceptive mm -hmm. point what, what creates yeah. those yeah what like what's what creates those vortexes those cacophony vortexes that you're like mentioning is there something about like the the topography of like the land or what's under the water like how is that why is it just like that point it's like yeah completely nuts okay so that point is um i think it's i you know i'm gonna bullshit a little bit here i don't That's really what we know do. please <laughs> and i think i think it's the kind of rocks that are coming down into the water from on high because it's it's got a bridge that's like 200 feet up so you can imagine the land around this little point is pretty high but there's still a passage through that and so it's it's this um this like strong rock formation that comes down at a pretty steep pitch like this, you know, like straight up. And then the, the bridge is way the fuck in the sky over you. Um, and then there are all these rock formations that pretty much jet up like vertically out of the water. Um, they have a little crags and sometimes they connect to the larger land formation. Um, but you've got the tide. And so you can imagine like if you were to, um, like, I mean, if, if you imagine a river moving at a certain pace, you got a large volume of water. And if all of a sudden the river narrows in like a hard, some kind of geologic formation, it's going to jet. It'll like move fast there because right. you have the same volume of water trying to get from point A to point B, but now it's constricted. And so it, it jets. And so part of what this um, rock formation is doing is it's taking the the tides that have moved uh, inland from the Pacific Ocean through this huge passage, the Strait of Juan de Fuca, through this huge strait, and then hit this little formation. And like that river, it's just going to jet through there. And so then that jet is hitting these other rock formations at extra high velocity and has to move around their contours, changing its direction, which forms these like weird positive negative pressures, and it will start to spiral um as it like changes and so that if you end up on accident like not recognizing that you happen to be on spiraling water it will just like turn you weirdly ah the strait of wanda fuca she's a cruel <laughs> mistress uh, but that makes sense it's almost like creating english in pool you know it's like hitting the water and creating little spirals right do you guys know pool uh <laughs> creating english like if you hit a pool ball off slightly to the off center the pool the ball will spin and you can manipulate the spin but i'm imagining this this these waves of water are hitting the rock formations and then creating spin in different layers and regions of spin i was gonna say it's like a hot tub but you know 
<laughs> and your ass is the the rock jutting out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The jet stream hits your asshole, and then you fart back into it, and it creates a vortex. I call my asshole the straight of Wanda Fuca. <laughs> okay, moving on. So you get you gain confidence immediately off the bat from your uh, captain. He is like, yeah, Michael's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely like won some points to be able to time that deception pass at the slack tide, no doubt, because it was super chill going through there. No problem steering. We, we just motored through, we had a couple Honda outboard motors that like, so the, this boat was pretty cool. It's got two hulls, you know, as a catamaran and then two motors like inside of each hull. And so those, we had basically a propeller on on each part of the boat and and with a like a super gas efficient motoring system easy steering it was like no problem at all and uh it was yeah it turned what could be a harrowing experience into like a chill experience anyway we just kept on going through the strait of wanda fuca and that evening we rounded cape flattery which is like the northwestmost point on the u.s you know what they say um, cape, cape flattery will get you everywhere <laughs> on the rocks yeah just yeah so you know it was, cool. it was like <laughs> classic i don't know cape flattery yeah i wish i was better at rolling with humor uh, that's that probably. wasn't humor <laughs> <laughs> was there any casualties um no the toilet we lost the toilet it broke oh. the, the so you pump the toilet when you're that's out there on the boat there's a black water tank like a holding tank you know and uh and you pump everything up into it so there's like a clean water tank and a black water tank and you have like clean water reserves that turn into black water as you're pumping everything through and the handle on that uh they call it the head because mm. marine people call everything weird shit the head broke and so the handle on the pump just sheared off in one of my mate's hands mm. and um and he was like full disclosure uh this happened it's a bad design though and uh basically that was kind of crazy like like the one casualty was that we weren't able to shit on the boat and so we were like hanging off the back of the boat with our asses over moving water just the like, whole time the whole trip or did you get it fixed eventually like harnessed in no that was like pretty early on though it was like that was less than half of the way through wow how long was uh, the trip it ended up being 21 days total wow wow down the but, coast so but initially from, uh, washington down to san diego initially it was supposed to be much shorter the initial prediction was five to six days <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah was yeah, it the vortex um, no it was the, it, it was a different kind of vortex i think just so i don't so, really know what to what to say about that but uh anyway that's how long it took so wait, you you made it past. Okay, so you're out of Washington. How's Oregon? How's the coast of Oregon for you? Um, the coast of Oregon was cool. We stopped in uh, we stopped in Newport. Just refueled. We were doing a lot of motoring then with inconsistent winds and also uh, like 
just getting out there on the water with a new crew, kind of feeling everyone out. Everyone's feeling everyone out. We didn't want to do all that much night sailing. Um, so we were like motoring all night. And that was kind of cool in its own regard to like not even worry about sailing. You just set your heading and, you know, the boat practically sails itself or drives itself because, you know, it has an autopilot that's constantly adjusting the rudder angle. So it's steering you and you, you set like a waypoint or you set a certain heading on the compass and the boat will just do that for you. This this fancy boat would do that. And never heard of so that. It's pretty chill. I didn't know boats could do that. I only heard of airplanes and uh, Teslas. <laughs> yeah, the boats have the boats have a little autopilot. It's got an arm. It's got a piston. It's a linear actuator, like a hydraulic piston. Basically, just comes out of the shaft and uh, fists the rudder into position. This all sounds real sexual. It's a shaft. There's a fist. There's a lot of a lot of fun stuff yeah, happening. A lot of a lot of pumping and sucking. <laughs> and getting the head broke so you had to fist it with the shaft you know i mean basically like we got clear nights it was ideal conditions nothing crazy um just calm rolling waves like no light pollution once we got past the coast it was just like awesome milky way so we spent two nights out there just motoring two nights two days just motoring uh sailing a little when the wind picked up uh kind of getting used to each other as sailors um and on the second night it was super cool there was a bioluminescence that was getting lit up by the hull's motion through the water so it was like that sounds really cool like yeah it was very cool it was weirdly like chunky like these like mats of like light would get like hit by the boat and then these like chunky mats of light would just like keep lighting up in our wake as they trailed off that's so poetic man chunky mats of light (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't know of a better way to describe it no that's perfect you did you did perfect work there have you, did you figure uh, out what it was? I'm not even being silly. I'm I have like, no idea what it was. <laughs> I'm, I love. I actually love your word choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like dreams made of starlight. It's like dirty styrofoam uh, angles of ethereal sonic nippledom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was far out, bro. <laughs> resonating through the fractal multiverse. Yeah, man. Okay, so okay, so you're seeing the Milky Way. You're seeing the dirty mats of light. Uh, filthy, filthy mats. <laughs> filthy. I don't even mats. remember what your first word that you said was. I changed it to dirty. What did you say? <laughs> Chunky. That's, that's great. They probably were. Um, yeah, man. So so we were just like traveling through filth for days on end. And then we came into Newport, um, Newport Beach to f- to fill up. That was kind of a trip, like just going through a little little passage into uh, Inland Harbor. Um, I mean, it was a harbor on the sea, but it's crazy. Like I think of traveling the sea is like, OK, there are going to be all these places to stop. But 
a lot of the Pacific coast is considered very landlocked, like weirdly landlocked because of how like rugged and steep the coastline is. It, mm. it would just fuck a boat up. So there are very specific points that you have to like think ahead to. And so we were always trying to have one place, one place in mind that we set our sights on as like, okay, this is our goal. And then another place that would be our fallback if anything bad happened. And knowing that the in-between coastline is um, just super harsh, like, um, yeah. So we refueled at Newport, got some like, I don't know, stupid donuts and felt sick, <laughs> fell over on a park bench, ogled all like the weird um, fisherman scraps that they have these like bins for like fish the the fishing boats come in and unload like tons of fish and then they have these like processing stations like right there in harbor and there were just like all of these carcasses of like halibut and like expensive fish like um just tossed you, in these massive bins what were you like ogling them to make no i mean we i don't think that any of us were like that adventurous of dumpster divers or anything to delve into that um just ogling it for me to like see okay this is like a part of american industry and mm. it's an important part of my own diet i love fish like that and um i had just never really seen how it's done or like i don't know it, it was yeah. just i didn't i still haven't seen how it's done i just saw the kind of cast offs after the process was complete a lot of waste I guess so. I don't know what they do with it. I mean, they probably turn that into like fertilizer or something. Fish balls or stock or whatever, hopefully. Yeah, it could be. Or like um, just plant food for large farms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take that, all you vegetarians. You're eating fish plants. So anyway, move it. I love that. By the way, I just have to say, again, very poetic that most of the Pacific coast is landlocked. That's such a beautiful mind expanding sentence. It was a weird reality, too, because it's because it's kind of it's kind of um, austere in a way. You're like, OK, I guess we're just stuck out here for days then and trying to go in between points. And we got hit with the biggest waters that this particular captain had ever been on and like any of the crew had ever been in. So we were going down towards um, Crescent City, which is a big harbor. It's fortified, it's heavily fortified. Like basically there are all these um, structures the Army Corps of Engineers dropped into the water to create like a breakwater. It's got this big arm hugging it. Um, that's all like rebar reinforced concrete like geometric blocks that the armies dropped into place on top of each other. Um, and there are all these like shipwreck kind of icons around the place about like, okay, shipwrecked here, shipwrecked there, shipwrecked everywhere around it. Um, and there were some, some other gnarly rock formations and, and basically we knew that was our next spot for sure. Um, we had some like wild ambitions. The initial five to six days was like, if we just went deep out into sea, caught a breeze that happened to be perfect, aligned with the waves so that the waves would catch the boat and surf us towards our destination. That was like, like what, what the trip was promoted on was the most, the absolute most optimistic, like thinking. Right. Um, 
of like it's just going to be one like graceful super swift surf directly towards our destination um and but that's not the reality really (laughs) (laughs) so you were getting you were getting some crazy waves off of what what city is this near i don't even really know because i wasn't paying attention to the land at all Mm. um i just know it was between newport and crescent city and that's where we got like our biggest surf um we were we were in like 20 foot waves and 30 knot gusts um how much is a knot a knot is 1.2 miles per hour something like that oh i thought it was five for a dollar why why don't you use that (laughs) why do people use that yeah i've always wanted that like why not keep it kilometers or miles yeah right i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know all right it's but we were we were flying out there and uh it was it was a big surf and the surf was to our advantage so we covered a lot of ground on that day um it was a weird kind of like learning process to be like coming to terms with that this was the the highest seas that our captain had been in um on a boat that was like kind of breaking um and yeah, I don't know. It was it was pretty wild. It was cool though. Like we took down the main sail. So the, the boat had two sails, like one in the front, one in the back. And the one in the back was way bigger, and that's the main sail that was generating most of the power. Um, but the wind was coming from behind us. And so basically if we had that sail open, it would spin the boat around. Um just by virtue of the sail being on the back of the boat, as the wind catches it, it would like pull the back of the boat and twist us. So we took that sail down and we were um, going just with the foresail, the jib, and we pulled that sail in. It furls. um, I don't know if if you guys have um, furled the sail ever before, but it basically just spools onto this like cable. Mm. And so you're kind of like shrinking it as you're spooling it in. You're you're making it small. And so we just had this like little small sail up in front um, just to catch enough wind to pull the front of the boat downwind and that was helpful because of the way that the waves were going it was basically pulling the front of the boat down the front of the wave and so it was helping us surf um and that was that was pretty cool and it was also crazy like at times because part of the weirdness of the waves was that they would come from different angles suddenly there was like a main direction there were two main directions. So you know how like waves can coexist with each other and they're coming from multiple directions and they right. just like flow into and through each other. Right. Um, I, I so, like, I'm kind of getting, I'm getting to know the waves through surfing a little bit. I mean, obviously I'm not deep sea 20 footers yet, but, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's way rougher to sail when mm-hmm. it's multiple waves going at different angles than it is just straight into shore or whatever. Yeah. I'm nervous for you about like something terrible happening as <laughs> you found out your captain has never experienced something that rough and you have 20 foot waves like coming onto the boat at multiple directions. Like, were you like, we might die out here? Like, how nervous did you get? I think I thought that and then put on my like Norwegian stoic vibe. Yeah. And just like got real, like calm and like focused. And these like, waves okay, ain't sh- 
these waves ain't shit. We control the military industrial data source. <laughs> right. You, you are got that red button to summon the submarine rescue. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So oh, you sorry, put on. Sean, I talked over you, man. No, no. I made a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Not garlic knots. <laughs> so uh yeah, i mean it was crazy like my my buddy was asking me like is there are you are you cool with this you're my barometer like i'm using your level of nervousness to judge how nervous i should be and and i was like yeah i'm cool with this there's one thing that concerns me though is like when we're surfing down a wave and so okay so you can imagine i, I don't know if i can like I'm holding the laptop with one hand, so I only have one hand to like gesture with, but there's, there's a wave coming at the boat this way, right? And here's the boat with the two hulls and it's trying to ride the wave, right? And so like when you're surfing, you, you kind of want to go against the wave a little bit to like mm -hmm. ride it. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you don't want to go straight down the face of the mm -hmm. wave, you turn off. And what was happening to us was the, um, we would we would turn off and then the steering for the boat are two little rudders that are paddles at the back end of the boat that go mm -hmm. down into the water and you turn them and it turns the boat mm -hmm. and like as the wave was lifting our rudders out of the water we lost the ability to steer and yeah. so we were like riding the waves without the ability to turn and then the wave would determine like how it wanted to turn us yeah um and then how? there was this weird thing happening where sometimes it would catch one of the two rudders uh -huh. and then it would pull us and it would uh, twist us oh shit uh, sideways to the wave where it felt like dangerous like oh my god um and that happened a few times and so that was like the one thing <laughs> where i was like i was like i feel good about all of this except this one thing that happens and, and then, I, like right after i said that it happened again real bad and we just got hit with this this wave um and there was like this awkward like uh chill in the conversation where it's like we're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and i imagine if you like had a long enough time to work it out in better conditions like there probably was a way to steer without the rudders knowing they weren't going to engage but then once they did engage again you'd still be fucked yeah. it looked yeah, like we, yeah your hand was like almost at like a 90 degree angle from the ground when you were gesturing <laughs> like how the boat was surfing the wave it's like how yeah. tipped over was this boat on this wave yeah it was it felt like that i mean <laughs> that's probably a little exaggerated um but yeah i mean the the wave like you you know the surface of a big wave right it's kind of mm. like that and yeah. like we were on the face of waves that were larger than the boat maybe 20 feet high but the overall wave was way bigger than that you have a seatbelt um, <laughs> no we were getting thrown around inside oh Jesus. my god yeah That's... and uh the the boat owners who you know weren't really sailors and didn't really sail had chose these um swivel chairs inside and so the only like <laughs> chairs to sit in like swiveled like uncontrollably um mm -mm. which and they also that's... weren't fastened to the ground they were like swivel launches what yeah that's so, fucked like, <laughs> these like swivel lawn chairs were like flying around the cockpit um oh my god dude so how long were you in those 20 footers for like six and a half hours 
Oh my this god! Is fucking! Cr- how do you get out? What? How do you? Yeah. And and like, what did you have? Did you get to eat? Did you like what? No, nobody ate anything. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> like the captain, the captain basically locked into the steering wheel, and he like became one with it, and it was it was cool to see. <laughs> and he started taking everyone's feedback like super seriously. So after that comment about like the one thing that I was scared of, he started taking those odd waves that would come from that like oblique angle like they would be they would be um i think they call them sneakers like for whatever reason the forces align and make one extra big wave and that just sneaks up on you and you don't expect it um and so these sneakers that were hitting us from the right um like became like a focus and so i started calling him out whenever i saw him and he would he figured out how to steer so that it wouldn't catch the rudders and so he got extra good at surfing those and i started to uh feed him information about when they were coming and i basically just like locked my gaze like a dog gazing out a window like waiting for its owner i was just like locked on to that one angle on the water watching to see if any waves look like they might overlap and combine into sneakers from that angle and just like calling it out and i was wrong a lot of the time like it ended (laughs) up turning into nothing um and i also missed one but there was but i but ultimately like being able to call that out i think we we called out like probably hundreds over the course of six hours holy shit Um, that's amazing he was responding to all of it and like uh another mate was like keeping his eyes on the digital maps like watching the direction our boat was headed calling out any concerns with rocks um and he was awesome he was like two hours ahead of the problem like when it came to where our boat needed to be and so that um brought into attention like uh the captain was super in the flow of like how not to get hit with these waves right and he was generally moving in the right direction. But after a while, like um, our course in order to avoid the danger, it like shifted us. So we were, we even though we started, let's say like 60 to 90 miles offshore, we were gradually working our way back towards the rocks. Um, mm. And so like my buddy Matt was calling out like, you have to change your vector. Like, look at this on the map. And the captain was in the flow of the waves and everything being like, I'm not going to look in the fucking computer right now, dude. But and my buddy was like, no, no, you have like this isn't this is critical. You have to change our course. Um, And he just kind of like kept nagging the captain until the captain like realized he had to radically change our course in order to compensate for having ignored that for so long. And so then we had to start cutting over the waves and across them at a, like we basically had to do like a 90 degree right turn and start riding over the waves and across them. Um, So we threw on both the motors, um, both Hondas were running, um, you know, like 3000, 4000 RPM. Just basically you can imagine this like droning hum of like two motors that, got pitch matched so that they harmonized with each other so there's this like kind of oscillating like semi-harmonious semi-dissonant like rumble of these motors running it's like and they had just enough force to like start to take us over the waves and uh get us like so you out at the right angle you have to time those waves too because obviously you can't you can't go to crest the wave if it's already starting to break you have to you have to get to the next wave before then 
most of these waves were just like massive swells that didn't crest really oh, okay like the winds would kind of like like shatter the tops of them like as oh. they peaked and they got hit with like the um the unrestrained wind they mm. would kind of like scatter the tops but it wasn't the type of wave that was curling okay that's what they call uh, like just massive swells so we call mushy peaks in uh surfing Speaks. not good not speaking of mushy peaks how much vomiting was going on during all this <laughs> nobody threw up nobody threw up like one person came really close um and yeah nobody threw up we did have one person start to pray and like summon like spirit and just like basically planted on the floor and like eyes closed just started to basically like internally encant like using whatever kind of wiccan power was available and they didn't make that person uh first mate <laughs> that had been the first mate um, <laughs> i could see why i got demoted <laughs> <laughs> but they might have saved um, you guys who knows they, it could have been it actually though. helped like focus us too because my buddy um who had been freaking out about vectors and whatnot he had very nervous energy and like to talk through it and it was distracting for the captain who needed to like lock into that like zen oneness with the waves mm. um and so like when this person started to do that um they also started to uh like shush my friend which was super helpful mm. and shush me uh which was probably also super helpful and basically just like focus the overall like cruise energy isn't that uh, weird? Isn't that weird when you, you think, I mean, some people this does happen for, but some people and myself included, I feel like I become almost the best version of myself in, in crisis situations. And I think it sounds like most of the crew did that, which is lucky. I mean, maybe, maybe praying is not the best version, but maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. Probably both. Yeah. It, it seemed at once like tuned out, but also helpful yeah it's interesting okay so okay so so once the wave started calming down or you got outside of them what was what was the the vibe then so the that the waves basically continued through um another pinch point which was a uh what was it called saint george's passage so like off of crescent city there was this elongated rock formation that had some gaps in it and you had to thread the needle through passage and that was um that was just another challenge and i think it worked out okay by that point i think the main surf had subsided it was maybe half as intense at that point um uh my buddy who was concerned with vectors he was also concerned with um with luage, which is basically like how far the wind blows you off your course. So like, you know, the angle that your boat's at, but then there's also like, okay, the wind's against that angle. And so you think you're headed this one direction if you were to project linear, a, a line off the front of the boat, but where you really end up is going to be somewhere like blown way sideways of that. Mm. Um, and so he was like, you've got to think of how strong these winds are. You've got to understand the luage in this situation. We're trying to thread this needle and you've got the winds hitting you from the side. And, you it's know, like, we have like I imagine this much margin for error. I imagine it's like trying to snipe and you have to you have to account for the wind, you know. Mm -hmm. 
where your final your final target has to account for the way the wind's gonna change the course. How strong was the wind? I don't know how strong it was at that point. I would guess that it wasn't the 35 mile an hour gust anymore. I think it was more like 25. It felt way more tame, but it still it still felt like pretty intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we we did that successfully. It was more dramatic for some people than it was for me. I was like, this is fine. We've got this. Like the Honda motors can account for the luage. Mm. I'm not stressing. I just wanted to like enjoy the view because the the rocks were super like beautiful looking and they were all like crusted white and we were debating if that was like bird shit or like some mineral uh, it's gar it's it's parmesan how do you get to be so chill that you're amidst all this stuff you're just like yeah, i just want to look at the rocks they're really nice you know <laughs> and it's just like everyone's yeah. like we're gonna die <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I just had, I had the faith in the Honda motors for one thing. Like that was, I'm like a fan now. Like I would promote them. And um, <laughs> that for, that for sure helped so much to just know like, okay, we have enough thrust, like enough propulsive force. Like we can, we can just propel ourselves where we need to be at this point. And so like that took the stress off. Um, another, there was probably also some dissociation happening and like some, some opioids like my brain was probably like um force chilling me mm. in a certain way but it's also um, you have you have experience and also the situation because you knew you knew your because of your experience it seemed like a relatively less dire experience especially compared to the absolute panic that was going on before yeah yeah like compared to that it was pretty chill in that moment was that the craziest sailing experience you've like ever encountered yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. What, what did the captain say uh was did he get candid with everyone about uh how crazy that experience was no actually he was the one who was like the least he was like the most soft-spoken about it all like basically in the moment it was cool to see like he um in addition to like locking into his focus and maintaining it like at that like alpha wave level like his focus was like unbroken for six and a half hours and then when we finally got into doc um he was just fucking exhausted like it was like he'd been maintaining that for an intense period and then it just kind of like vanished a bit and he was just like fuck like mm. um and yeah. he just wanted to have a smoke and we all just wanted to have a smoke. And uh, so we walked into town and got Thai food, got a pack of cigarettes, got a beer and just we're like, this is a good meal. We're a beer? Alive. <laughs> How many beers? God damn. Yeah. Probably a few beers. <laughs> God damn. Well, um, dude, that's an amazing story. I, I mean, I, we had talked about it on the phone before, but it's really nice, like getting to interview you, interview the full story out of you. Cause there were a lot of deep, cause you know, we, we're just talking on the phone. We're just, we're not, we're not talking for anyone else's uh, benefit, but it was really cool to hear like all the details and the poetry and the geography and the terminology. Yeah, there there are definitely some poetic moments to all that, no doubt. Um, Ma yeah. 
Michael and I have known each other since uh, high school. And I feel like out of everyone I know, we always have the best conversations, at least for me. I'm sure you you talk to people and enjoy it more, <laughs> but I don't enjoy anyone else's conversation more. <laughs> uh, ditto, man. It's, it's cool. Like Andrew and I often come back to like some of those formative moments too, like doing adventures right after graduating high school and like... I always think of um, of Andrew as like this nom- nomad in the Mongolian steppe, just like not having cell service, not knowing anybody, like just flying into Japan and like sleeping on a park bench and just being like, I'm going to fucking figure this out. Like maybe it's woofing, maybe it's whatever. And then ending up just like traveling Asia and meditating in the Mongolian steppe, like to just like vast setting horizons and I just that set like a crazy tone for how I view like what you're capable of like holy shit oh thank you man yeah well the both of you definitely make my adventures seem way more tame (laughs) I I feel like I have adrenaline like listening to that story about you Mm. surfing waves with the with the sailboat and it's intense yeah but uh, I think Hopefully the guys not too unpleasant. No, it was great. Uh, it, was, it was great. And I think the guys will agree with me. You have a, a standing in the in, invitation to come back anytime. And uh, I'd love to talk more about programming, carpentry, uh, your coffee adventures and everything, man. Cause I, I can't, right on, man. thank you. There's never too much talking with you. Yeah. Like to like to meet uh, you guys as well. Uh, yeah. Oscar and Sean. Yeah. That'd be Thanks awesome. for letting me, rattle on here and share some stories but it'd be cool to meet you guys too oh yeah, yeah. i'm i'm psyched yeah. to, i'm psyched to go go i'm going sailing with michael for at least not not as quite an uh, adventure but some calm sailing hopefully uh in august yeah that's that be great way more chill. <laughs> hey, oh, oh michael do you want anybody to find you or do you want to remain a, a secret human I like being a secret human at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That's All, right. Right. All right. I love you, man. Have a great night. Right, man, yeah, I love you great. too. Yeah. Later, guys. Thank you for nice coming on. You. Yeah. It was a pleasure. All right. Peace out. Peace. Bye.